Well, happy Mother's Day, all you mothers. If you're single, single again, grandmothers, and I heard from the first service, great-grandmothers. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, now, if you're a guy, you just missed the moment. When I said happy Mother's Day, every husband, every guy ought to be standing on their feet, clapping, cheering, and saying, praise God. I'm going to say it one more time. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Guys, take the lead. I'm trying to help you out. Okay? Take the lead. I'm trying to help you out. Okay? All righty. Good to see everybody this morning. Before I go into our message today for our mothers and, and for all of us, I want to show you a short video. Amen. I love, I love Mother's Day when I have Mother's Day. Some of us have our mothers. Some of mothers have passed away. But always bring back memories and the things that she used to share with me. I know on Mother's Day is the day we used to go plant flowers and, and do things. And really, it's just a special day. And, and today, what I'm going to talk about is actually the loving redemption of God. And talking to the women, but also the guys, you can understand exactly how God really loves and redeems everything that uh, might have gone wrong in our lives. I scanned the Bible trying to figure out a great person to use as far as mother, when talking about motherhood and, and mothers. And then I also scanned culture. And I came up with a name that a lot of people don't understand. There's, and there's a book called um, Book of Ruth. It's right after Judges. After Israel had so many years, 450 years of compromise and just going ballistic and God saving them out of their mess. And God, at the end of that, God stuck a book in there called Ruth. And really, we talk about the story of Ruth, but we always come from Ruth's perspective. But this one here, I want to hear, there's a name here that we don't cover much. Her name is Naomi. Naomi was really, you start the very beginning, Naomi was a mother with a husband and two, two sons. And then they got married. And what happened was, at that time, the children of Israel was in such much disarray, God would bring famine upon the land. And uh, Ruth, I mean, yeah, Ruth, I mean, uh, Naomi and her husband, Amalek, went down to Moab. Because it was a famine in the land. Well, on the, on the way going down there and being there and staying there for a while, she lost her husband and she lost her two sons. Just like that. And she was left with two daughter-in-laws. And she tried to convince them to go, go your way. I'm too old. There's no way I can have. In those days, you, I can't supply for you. I can't bring no more sons back. This is it. Our family line is done. It's over. 
I'm going back to Bethlehem from which we left. And when you can see in this story, when she is only four chapters, we're going to see in the story in chapter one, when she heads back in to Bethlehem, everyone says, hey, it's Naomi. Is that Naomi coming back down the road? And Naomi, from the loss of her husband and two sons, she felt bitter pain. She felt an emptiness, felt abandoned by God, and felt punished by God for them stepping out of Bethlehem and going to Moab. And, you know, the same tragedy that happened to her, I believe some of us are sitting in the midst of tragedy. If you were someone that uh, was married and your husband said, I don't, I don't want to be married any longer. Or you have some children that uh, you raised properly, and all of a sudden they just took off and spun off somewhere. And how, how you, as moms, you take responsibility for that, a deep responsibility for it. And then when she came in, they said, this is a Naomi. And she says, don't call me Naomi. Now, her name meant sweetness and pleasant. She said, call me Mara, which means bitter. She was bitter. She said, God Almighty, El Shaddai, has made me bitter. It might be some of us in here. Life is tough as a mom. It's been, moms have been almost, society's trying to redefine who a mom is. And you might have gone through some tragic areas of divorce, children slipping away, falling away, and you take the responsibility, and you're asking God, what is going on? And you wind up your identity, because she lost her identity and everything she knew, her husband and her kids. And what happens is if you anything in your world that gets turned upside down, your identity gets turned upside down, you don't, think you, you don't know who you are any longer. Because you identify with a husband, you identify with your children, you identify with so much. It's a thing that God gift that God gave you, but it can be a tough thing. And here what I want to do unpack today is in the midst of your, pain, of your pain, God has a redemptive plan. In the midst of your pain, God has a redemptive plan. Now, redemption means this, restoring all that is lost. Now, you might be in a place where there's pain and bitterness and shame, but God is already working on your behalf with a redemptive plan to restore more than your loss. Your mom. God loves you. And the text we're going to cover today takes a group of people, how God deals with his children. And what it is, is the text we're going to read today is about God's promise to redeem and protect his children, Israelites. And when he looks at us, we're his children. I love our congregation. We're a young congregation. A lot of us are visiting their moms, their mothers in other places because we're so young. I'm taking the grandkids over. For the one. I'm glad that life has not stopped. I'm glad I extended the family. If you, take, if you um, have your Bibles, we're going to go to Isaiah 43, verse 4. Isaiah 43, verse 4. It's a simple text. This is God speaking to the children of Israel, who again, we're in, Isaiah is prophesying about them returning back to the land from their disobedience and their sin. And he's given a promise that I'm going to restore you. Though he doesn't, he doesn't have to. He doesn't need to, but he's God. Isaiah 43, 4 says, Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you, I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Children of Israel in bondage, or a mother in trouble and tragedy. One thing that Naomi was identifying was she felt that she sinned against God, so she's being punished by God. 
But you got to realize when God looks upon you, mothers, you're not a product of your sin. You're a product of your Savior. He looks upon you. You're not a product of your shortcomings. You're a product of your Savior. You can take responsibility and say, you know, because I know how it is. Oh, the kids, I should have did something different. Oh, I, I, I messed up. I fell short. That's why they're like that. No, 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 no. You're not a product of your misstep. You're a product of the Savior. And moms, God says this. Three things we're going to cover real quick. First thing, he says you're precious. You're precious. Society doesn't look at you as precious. They're trying to redefine who you are. We're kind of confused about what a mom does and who she is. Does I have a career or not career? And when you, define, when you lose your true definition and your identity of who you are, society will create new things and make it so confusing. But it'll, make it, it'll make it actually so short-termed, it's just like a fad that runs away. But when God says you're precious, you're precious. Ladies say, I'm precious. You're not being proud. And we means that word precious, highly valued. Now, see, when God sees you, and this is for everybody, he doesn't see your imperfection. He sees his precious daughter. Well, you don't understand, Pastor Rich. I, I, I understand. But God doesn't look at your sin. He looks at his creation. He recovered the sin through Jesus Christ. It's the gospel. But you're precious. Now, you look at yourself through your imperfections. He looks at you through the eyes. You're his child. You're his child. Here's the thing I want you to say. I want you to notice. You'll want it. You'll want it and you'll need it. What up, mothers? How many guys know we're in big trouble? If I was running the house, we're in big trouble. But you want it. Someone might have told you, you're not important. I don't need you anymore. You're too old. They're a liar. God says you want it. Another thing he says, you matter. You matter. You're precious. I don't feel precious. It doesn't matter. God looks from heaven and says, that's my precious daughter. She's going through some trouble right now. But I tell you what, I got a plan to pull her out of that trouble. In fact, I'm with her in the midst of that trouble. And I'm going to turn this trouble into triumph. It might be long range. It might be short range. But he's with you. Because you're precious. Second thing is you got to realize you're favored. You are favored. What do you mean? That word honor is a weight that God, it means weight in the, in the Hebrew. So you are made honorable by the favor bestowed upon you by God. Now, here's the a, here's a thing I struggle with, because I guess I'm getting older, but I, I, my mother taught me about honoring mothers. And honoring, I don't care whose mother is, you honor her. And she said this, she left me a, um, a, a, a list of things I'm supposed to do when she died. And she said, you will always honor mothers. If not, I'll raise up like Jesus did and beat you. If you're 90, I can spank you. I'm like, Mom, you going to raise? Yeah, because I will know. She's my first Sunday school teacher. I will know. So your favorite. God puts something amazing in you. And every man sees it. It's amazing. I'm an empty nester. 
And my son will call 1 o'clock in the morning. And he'll say, hey, dad. I'll say, hey, what's son? What's going on? Well, and he like, he want to talk. I'm like, I'll catch you in the morning. <laughs> you're awesome. I tell you, your awesome thing, give the phone to mama, and she'll talk all night to a problem. All night, and then get up like nothing happened. And if anything is happening that she can't fix, she'll take responsibility for. She shouldn't, but she nurtures. I'm like, peace out, bro. See you in the morning. But your favorite, whatever the burden that's upon your weight on your life, moms, whatever the weight's upon your life, it's behind by God. It's hard to shake. You can't shake it. That's who you are. That's why your identity has to be truly in him, not in your failures. You're not God. You're a vessel of God. It's nothing like a mother's love. For her children, her career, her, uh, her husband, all those things. Because you take it personally. I understand that. Because you're created that way. But I'm here to tell you, wherever you are, God's with you. And two, he has a plan. Third one is, I love this one. In fact, you are favored means this. There's something I wrote in my notes earlier. Here's a word I have a problem with. You're not baby mamas. That's a, that's a curse. You're not a B. That's a curse. See, when you lose your identification, don't let other people define you. You are not a baby mama. You're precious. You're favorite. That slang does not become the constant. We need to change that. Because as the people try to identify, you start to act like you're adding new identification. And even men have to figure out, you got to get those words out your mouth. You're cursing your better half. She's a mother. She's amazing. No one's like her on the planet. And we ought to honor them that way. Not a baby mama. Now, if you're single, these three words I'm telling you, the first one is you're precious. The second, your favorite. Number three, you're loved. If you can't find a significant other, a man, that will treat you like that, keep walking. God is your husband, and he's your boyfriend until he brings the right one. Y'all getting with me? Don't sell yourself short. The standard is this. This is the standard. And as you're walking with God, I want to encourage you. Don't get caught up in the past. Don't get caught up in your failure. Don't get caught up in today. Just know you're gaining ground. Whenever you put so much effort in trying to gain, uh, um, you get so much thinking about losing ground, you kind of forget the ground you're gaining. 
Every day is a new day. Everyone say that. Now, I had a bad day yesterday, but I have a new day today. If I kept looking at yesterday's day, I'll miss today, and I'll probably mess up tomorrow. When you're walking with God, every day is a new day. Every day is a new plan. You're loved. Why? Now, here's the thing I want you to understand, Mom, because you have this in you, and I understand this. You can get, become guilty on the things that aren't going right, and you say, I don't think God loves me, or I don't think that God really sees me that way. But here you got to understand, God does not love you because you're perfect. He loves you because he's perfect, even for men. He doesn't love you because you're perfect. He loves you because he is perfect. I love, God loves us perfectly. I love John 4, uh, 1, 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. He wants us to do focus on the unconditional and everlasting love of God. It has nothing to do with my perfection. It's because he's perfect. If, he does, if he's forgiven you, Forgive yourself. You didn't do nothing wrong. Or you might have had some missteps. But when I call, this, when you're in discipleship, the misstep is repentance and going back on it. But you didn't miss it. You didn't miss it. You love. I love Jeremiah 31.3. says, I love you with an everlasting love. Now, how many, we got children. Does your children ever, that is, every day, do they give you a reason to love them? Sometimes, some of you this morning getting here, did they give you a reason to love them? When you told them to get out of bed? Yes. Or when the school day, now it's the last week of school coming up, get up. Now, do we give God a reason every day to love, him, to love us? No. Naomi, at the end of the story, I can't go into it much. Because what God says in this, in this passage here, he says, I will give men in return for you and people in exchange for your life. What he's saying is, there's nothing I wouldn't do to redeem all that has been taken from you. There is nothing that he would not do. He'll move heaven. He's already done it when he gave Christ. He will, nothing he will do that he will not move heaven and earth for your redemption, to restore what was taken. Whatever the enemy's taken in your marriage or in your kids, he's going to restore it if you have faith and keep walking with him. Naomi kept on walking. She kept on moving. She moved Ruth in the right position. She knew she was older. But God turned a tragedy into a blessing. And Naomi, she lost her husband, Emilet, who was the line. The, the family line was gone. God said, it's never over till I say it's over. Never over till I say it's over. Then you have Ruth and Boaz, and they can't go into because you got to read the book. It's only four chapters, guys. You can read that. Four chapters, guys. And I promise you, I'll give you pictures. <laughs> it's amazing at the end of redemption and restoration. Not only did she become a new grandmother, the Amalek's land, I mean, name was reopened, redeemed, restored, the land was restored, everything was restored. And even the people said, you know, 
Ruth is better than seven sons. And when they said you had seven sons, you were truly blessed. Now, I don't know if you have seven sons today, if you're truly blessed or not. That's a lot of groceries. But they said for seven sons, you were blessed. Ruth is better than seven sons. Now you have a grandson, and they're cheering her name, Naomi. And if you go in the book of Matthew, in the book of Luke, you'll see in genealogy, the family of Christ integrated back in from old Ben, who became the father of Jesse, who became the father of David, who became... And who became, who became. In the beginning of the book, she was empty. She left full. She was empty. She came back. Took her emptiness and made her full. How many feel empty today? God's in the business of making you full. It was one thing when my mother dealt with cancer. She contracted cancer when I was 13 months old and I was placed in the home. It was amazing how she uptake on life was. And she, I couldn't be raised like everyone. I had to be raised with a sense of urgency to be an adult early. And the greatest thing she always did, and I, and I wrote it, she wrote it down, I wrote some things down, and I wrote it down. She, did, she never really focused on the length of her life. She said, never, you never really focus on the length of her life. You focus on the impact of her life. And she impacted me my 15 years I had her. And when she died, I had to become an adult real quick. Because then my dad died six months later. But how I survived is on the lessons of my Sunday school teacher. It's not about the length of what you're going through. It's about the impact of what God wants to do. It's amazing when you see that. And what she taught me was a scripture I want to share with you. Because she was... Love God so much that she was empowered to do five things that I, I, she, I, always, I always recognized in her life. And the cancer spread everywhere, but she always on Sunday, she put a robe on, she put her sunglasses on, and she put a dress on, and she sat in the middle of the living room and watched, um, watched preachers on TV. And then she sent me to church. She couldn't go. But she was always about other people. And when you know this and you're walking, because we're going to bring up Naomi. Naomi was all about Ruth. She became the platform of Ruth. When you're going through things, sometimes you got to be a platform for other things, for other people. And then God brings you into your deal. It's amazing how he does that. It's, I want to encourage you, moms. This 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 says this. Finally, brothers. Now, if you look at the word brothers, that means plural. It means brothers and sisters. He says, she says, rejoice. I can never remember my mom never rejoicing. Aim for restoration. What he's saying, she's saying here, you aim for restoration because God's aiming for restoration in your life. Comfort one another. And how many know you growing up, you, as a guy, you played it. You didn't go to your dad when you hurt your Nate, when you got hurt. You went to mom. Because dad said, get up. Shouldn't have fell. Mom said, come over here, get the band-aid. And, and dad said, hey, he's okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, mom, I, I'm a mama's boy. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad wanted not mom. I don't want to go to school. Okay. Yeah. No, that never happened. That never happened. I have to go to my dad because he would agree with that. Just get out of my face, yes. But <laughs> agree with one another. Live in peace. 
And the reason why you can do all that, because the God of peace and lo- um, love and peace will be with you. The reason why you can do all that. The reason why I put this in there, in this moment, is because I'm watching a lot on um, social media, watching a lot on um, certain websites that get to find out the pulse of culture. And I'm watching young ladies who have children beating up each other in restaurants, cursing out their parents. I'm seeing the older parents cursing out their kids. What is going on? Well, when you lose your identity, you take on something else. And the words shouldn't be there. Shouldn't be there. We have to help a generation know who they are. They're not bees. They're not baby mamas. They're not this. Reason why we live in a city, Taylor County, is overpacked with single mothers who got caught up in drugs. The guys took off, and they ran into some trouble. And I do police, I do ride-alongs, and they can't, they haven't had a place for them. They run out of single mothers in the jails. That shouldn't be. One, because of the absence of fathers. Two, they're taking on the load of everything because there's leadership's been shifted to them because the other person don't take responsibility because they don't think they're precious. They think they're baby mamas. So when you do it with a baby mama, you treat her like one. And she shouldn't accept it. Y'all hear me, you single ladies? Don't accept that. You're better than that. Here's the stand I gave you. You're precious. <laughs> you're favorite. I don't care how old you are. And you're loved. That's the new standard. Now, y'all have to, you have to tell them, young man or young lady, young man, y'all got to meet this standard. If you don't see me that way, you won't see me at all. No test drives here. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Reason why I shared the scripture. One of all the ladies, mothers, single mothers, single again mothers, grandmothers, and great grandmothers to stand. Okay, guys, you missed the moment again. <laughs> look, man, look, look, look. My wife pulled the fast one off. She won't tell me what she wants to eat. I'm suffering right now for Father's Day. I'm like, Mother's Day. I'm like, what do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't know. She won't tell me. I got to figure this out. Now, guys, she stood, they stood up. This is your moment. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge you next time I'm, I'm trying to lead you. Come on, man. Come on, wherever you are. Right, now, uh, mothers-to-be stand. Mothers-to-be stand. Mothers-to-be stand. I have to say it four times, mothers-to-be stand. Now, I have a habit of pointing out uh, couples who aren't um, expecting. If I point you out, I have a 100% track record. I'm sorry, that means next year at this time you'll be standing. Now, husbands, stand up and grab your wife's hand. (laughs) 
And any single moms, the children here? This is, okay. This is for the single moms and single again. Special message. You're wanted and you need it. Jesus Christ has defined you, empowered you, and can continue to deliver you. You take confidence in him and don't take confidence what other people say. Because you're amazing. You are amazing. And sometimes we have to continue saying that because you forget. If you're a boyfriend, you can stand up and hold hands only only one time a year. You guys are so slow. I love you guys. Wait till Father's Day. And when you have these gifts in your hands, a pen and it's a bookmarker, I want you to remember the one thing. Three things. Remember, one, you're very precious. Two, you are favored. And three, you are loved. Day by day, and some of you, minute by minute. Because it gets tough. And it gets hard, and you have this honor, and you, you want to blame yourself. God is already working on your behalf to redeem everything the enemy stole. Take courage in him. But this is your day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these amazing ladies, your daughters. When you look from heaven, you don't see their imperfections. Lord, you see your precious daughter. Father, you knew them from the foundation of the earth. When they were first born, all their days have been marked out for them, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that they put their full trust in you. Wherever they are right now, I pray, Lord, you bring encouragement. You bring your your love. Father, where rejection has taken place, I ask that you restore that joy of your love in their hearts. Father, for the wayward children, let them know they train them up in the right way. And they shall return for the greater thing. I see a lot of Naomi's out here today. Father, I thank you that you're going to take tragedy and you're going to turn it into triumph. So bless them, God. They're not defined by their shortcomings. They're defined by our amazing Savior. And I thank you that we get to stand in the room with greatness. We get to stand in a room with such amazing daughters. Help us to restore the very image of how you want them to be, who you call them to be. And we praise you and we glorify you. Even those who aren't parents yet, let them take this word and let them say it's a new standard that's been cut. This is who I am. Even when I go through struggles, I am precious. I am favored, and I am loved. And, Father, I thank you. Even as men, we understand that. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel that touches and changes lives. It's the gospel of redemption. You make, things all, you make all things new. And I thank you for new testimonies, new miracles, 
in new ways out of no way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.